Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Alaska, a vast remote wilderness twice the size of Texas. You could walk for a year without seeing another person. In one of the most mysterious corners of the globe. Everything in your being is telling you to get the hell out of there. This is a place hundreds of times more deadly than the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, my God. Stories of alien abductions. That was definitely something not from this world. The paranormal, vanishing airplanes, and strange beasts. Bigfoot could be anywhere in Alaska hiding out. Have haunted those who dare set foot here. Who's that? Now I feel like something's after me. In the last 30 years, 16,000 people have disappeared without a trace. In the vastness of this country, it's easy to be swallowed up in it. Witnesses tell us their shocking stories. I was horrified. And we've gathered some of the world's leading experts in their field. I wanted to go out and get the evidence myself and say, this is real. This stuff exists. To try and unlock the mystery of the Alaska Triangle. Isolated, remote, Alaska is believed to home the most fearsome beast on the planet, Bigfoot. But one place on the southern tip of the triangle is said to hold the largest Sasquatch population in North America, Prince of Wales Island. Encounters across this isle are now terrorizing those who live here. Here and kind of stood up, and my chills down my back. They're all over Prince of Wales Island. Boulder throwing and petrifying encounters. It seems these creatures will stop at nothing to stake their claim on this territory. They want to keep humans away. They want to keep the humans out of their territory. So it could be dangerous. Huge trees are being turned upside down and driven into the ground. Investigators unearth perhaps the most compelling evidence yet of a colony 
a Bigfoot. This, to me, is the holy grail of Bigfoot researching. This is proof. It's an upside-down tree. Prince of Wales Island in Alaska. With over two and a half thousand square miles of terrain, it's America's fourth largest island, close to the size of Delaware. But with a population of just 6,000, it's one of the most remote corners of the triangle, an ideal hiding place for the most fearsome creature of them all, Bigfoot. Everywhere we're looking right here, there is no one out there right now. It's very, very remote. I think that's one of the reasons it's such a good place for the something like Bigfoot to live. Local trapper and hunter Bill Musser has lived on the island for most of his life. Like many islanders, he has a story to tell about a brush with the Bigfoot who were said to roam here. His encounter came recently when he was out hunting with his cousin. You know, we packed in a, a small motor and, and tooled around the lake a little bit and explored. They decided to build the trapper's cabin to use as their base. But soon, they realized they weren't alone in the woods. We start hearing some uh, banging on a tree across the way. Knowing they were the only humans in these woods, Bill and his cousin were unnerved by this bizarre sound. We would pound a little bit and it would pound back at us. Three, maybe four good whacks at a time. I don't know any animal that can do anything like that. There was something in the woods whacking the trees. After hearing similar reports of Bigfoot nearby, Bill came to one sinister conclusion. I believe it was the Bigfoot, especially with all the other sightings that have happened on the island. Sasquatch researcher Cliff Berrickman believes this tree pounding by Bigfoot is a telltale sign of the creature marking its territory. It's been noted as far back as the late 1950s that Bigfoot tends to bang on logs or do something like that. We call it tree knocking. It's very often deployed to let the other Sasquatches in the area know that something has changed, like maybe somebody's come into an area. A similar behavior has been well documented in gorillas. They clap their hands to warn the other gorillas that, hey, intruders are in the area, you know? I think Sasquatches use this form of communication for something similar, but sometimes those tree knocks can be very threatening to the humans. It seems that those who haven't heeded these warning signs have often faced consequences. There have been a small number of cases when people have been out of the woods hunting or foraging, and then they hear these knocking noises. Some have dared follow the sounds deeper into the woods. And when they went to investigate, they observed a Sasquatch. There's one message that comes to mind. Get the hell out. 
this could be a warning from the Bigfoot here that they will now seize control of this island. In the town of Heidelberg, the tales of Sasquatch encounters have long been passed down through the generations of native Alaskans. But for islanders like Paul Washington Sr., these incidents seem to have become frighteningly more common. Paul tells of one encounter while working as a flagger on the roads. We were working up at uh, Seven Mile Bridge, they call it. There was two of us flaggers. Paul stopped for a break. Suddenly, he heard something in the woods. Right in front of me, there's a Sasquatch looking at me. I just froze. Paul radioed for help, then set off towards his colleague, who was alone and unaware of their predicament. I put my eyes down on the road and I started walking toward her. She too heard a rustle in the trees. All of a sudden, there was a big scream on the radio that there was a Sasquatch right in front of her. Though there was not just one, but two Bigfoot now approaching. There was two of them coming to us. My hair stood up and my chills down my back. Next, Paul says backup raced to the scene. But the pair of Bigfoot had vanished as quickly as they'd appeared. For now, it seemed Paul and his colleague were safe. Though after his run-in with two of these creatures, Paul is now wary whenever he's out hunting. I always look behind my back even when I'm on my four-wheeler. They're all over Prince of Wales Island. It seems encounters between the Bigfoot and the Islanders are becoming increasingly frequent. The forces of the Alaska Triangle may somehow be at play here. Leading Sasquatch investigator Chuk Rowley has come to find out why. And he unearths some startling evidence. From the evidence from these pictures, it makes me think that something's out there. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Prince of Wales Island in the south of the Alaska Triangle. Islanders report they're being terrorized by a population of Bigfoot. 
One man has traveled 700 miles here from Anchorage to investigate. Sasquatch hunter Chuk Rowley. I am excited to travel to Prince of Wales Island because I believe it's a hot spot of Bigfoot activity and I'm going to see what I can dig up, do some investigation and try to find out what I can about Bigfoot. It seems the Triangle has chosen this island to create a Bigfoot colony. Locals are saying that there's Bigfoot families living on the island. It's not something to be messed with. I I don't want to be on the the bad side of one of these creatures. That's because the Bigfoot here seem to be becoming increasingly territorial. The evidence? Chooks heard that the island has a mysterious group of trees that have literally been turned upside down and driven into the ground. It's only something a powerful Bigfoot could achieve. And Chooks on a mission to find them. This may even lead to the island's Sasquatch community itself. It's a place I've wanted to travel to for years. For me, it's kind of like the holy grail of a Bigfoot hunter or investigator because these Bigfoot are ripping out trees, turning them upside down and shoving them deep in the ground as a show of their strength to show what they can do and to warn people to stay out of their territory. It's frightening to see because, I mean, it looks like a Hollywood horror movie. Cryptozoologist Lance Hightower has been studying this phenomenon which he also believes points to Bigfoot. The trees are hundreds of pounds. It would require a human being having heavy machinery in order to rip it out of the ground with roots extending several feet down, then turning it upside down and jamming it in the soil several feet. Again, hundreds of pounds of a tree going that far into the ground. No human could do that. It had to be a Bigfoot. To trace these fabled trees and find out more about the island's Bigfoot population, first, Chuk's journey takes him to the native Klingit community in Klawak. Here, he meets Elder Al Jackson, who's seen groups of Sasquatch with his very own eyes. There's a two, uh, a male and a female that they're along Klawak River. Big male was about 10 feet tall. Wow. You know, uh, the male has a roar. I mean, it's loud. It's just, okay. It's real loud. Makes the uh, lion sound like a pussycat. <laughs> Maybe we'll see something. I'm hoping. Yeah. Chuke decides to head towards Klawak Mountain, which is central to the various Bigfoot sightings. The upside-down trees are said to lie here, and it's believed this marks the start of Bigfoot territory. At close of day, Chuk reaches Klawak Lake. I believe that a Bigfoot may come through this area because I've got reports that there has been a number of sightings. So I thought it'd be great to put the trail cam up and maybe see if I could spot a Bigfoot with a trail cam. This is where the most frequent Sasquatch encounters have occurred, close to the foot of Klawak Mountain. Here, Chuk secures motion-activated cameras on the trees to see if he can catch a glimpse of Bigfoot and track which direction they may be heading towards their community. Yeah, we're done here. We're gonna leave that for the night and in the morning, see see if we captured anything, so 
feeling positive that we might capture something. But the Bigfoot population here, it seems, are brave enough to venture out of their territory without even the cover of darkness. Locals recently had an aggressive encounter with a Sasquatch while out hunting. According to Islander Walter Frank. Something start throwing big rocks at them. They were boulders, great big boulders, but there was four or five of them hunting at the time and they all told the same story about the big boulders flying out of the woods at them. Walter and his friends could be living on the edge of Bigfoot territory. And experts are concerned about this increasingly violent behavior. Bigfoot are territorial. If you have the encroachment of people or a settlement of a town of people coming in, wouldn't you also be bothered? You wouldn't want anyone around your place of living. There is a level of danger that people do need to consider very seriously. A Bigfoot with its bare hands could take down an elk, a moose, and even a bear. So a human or group of humans could easily be prey for Bigfoot. Before he continues on his journey, at his lodging, Chuk checks the trail cams he left overnight at the foot of Klawak Mountain. He's found evidence, it seems, that could point to Bigfoot. So I captured a deer in the game cam. I find it interesting that its ears are up, it looks alert. Perhaps it's seen one of the island's Bigfoot hunting food near its territory. There's no humans out here. I know that for a fact, and the deer's looking at something. And Chuk's next trail cam picture is blurry. This leads to a sinister conclusion. The only way I can explain this is some creature that was tall, like a human being, grabbed the game cam and moved it. This could be a warning to Chuk not to step further into Bigfoot territory. Something didn't like it or was checking it out. I don't know what it could have been. There was no signs of bear. A deer couldn't stand up that high. It's not gonna move a camera. I think it was a Bigfoot. From the evidence, from these pictures, um, it makes me think that something's out there. Now that Chuk has found evidence of what he believes are Bigfoot nearby, he's arming himself ready for the final stage of his quest. I think it could be a dangerous journey that we're gonna take. We just don't know what we're gonna encounter. Something is out there. His journey to find the upside down trees could take him deep into Bigfoot territory and perhaps lead him to the Sasquatch community itself. There are some famous cases of trees ripped right out of the ground, turned upside down and shoved feet down into the ground. And that has widely been theorized as a way for the Bigfoot to scare people off. It's a show of strength. To find these trees steeped in legend and evidence of the Bigfoot community itself, Chuk has to go deep into the forest to Klawak Mountain. I have been dreaming about visiting this place for years, so I'm really happy to have this opportunity. This is the spot to go to, as far as I'm concerned, in Alaska. But a Bigfoot could be close by, ready to defend its territory. And even the terrain seems deadly. This is a rainforest, and I have to say, this is the most inhospitable place I have ever seen. 
there is so much foliage and it's covered up the deadfall. There's so many deep pools and swamps you could put your foot in, 10 foot long holes, steep mountains. I mean, it's impossible. Chuk has to travel three miles by foot and a 1,500 foot elevation up Klawak Mountain to find the legendary upside down trees. But stories of Sasquatch have been passed down through the generations, warning locals not to set foot here. As Chuk heads up the mountain, he hits upon something of interest. Plentiful food sources. A Bigfoot colony could thrive here. There's game trails. I can't tell what's been through it. I haven't found any really succinct footprints, but you know, there's bear and deer coming through here. These blueberries, man-like creature could live up here all summer long, all fall long, just eating this, fish, deer. But as Chuk climbs the mountain, it seems the forces of the triangle are trying to hamper his mission. Rain's coming in. I don't know how long I can do this. I've been hiking for almost four hours and I'm getting pretty tired. So I don't know if we're gonna make it. And it really bums me out because this is a long way to come for, for nothing, but I don't think it's gonna happen today. I don't think we're gonna see anything. Suddenly, Chuk finds he may not be alone. Who's that? Okay, I'm hearing stuff about 20 meters this way. I can't see anything. I don't have a good feeling about this. Sometimes you just get that feeling and I feel like I was not supposed to be there. Whatever's out there is angry now. Chuk may have gone too deep into the island's Bigfoot territory. There could be a whole colony of the creatures nearby. I went somewhere I shouldn't have. Now I feel like something's after me. I keep hearing stuff. I need to get out of here. I, I don't feel good about this. This could be a warning from Bigfoot telling Chuk not to venture any further. Now I feel like something's after me. I went somewhere I shouldn't have. That's why it's closed up and something's not happy. Chuk seems close to what the locals have deemed Bigfoot territory. Perhaps he's within reach of the fabled trees he's been searching for. Chuk presses on, and something on the horizon catches his eye. Oh, we found it. That is an upside down tree. At last, the Bigfoot evidence Chuk's been looking for and there are more of these mighty trees here, seemingly driven into the ground by a colossal cryptid. There's another one. This area must just have a lot of these. It's another one. It's incredible. For Chuk, his quest to find proof of a Bigfoot territory on the island is over. This, to me, is the holy grail of Bigfoot researching. I've been talking about this for years. And 
To me, this is proof. It's an upside down tree. This 12 foot cedar tree is estimated to weigh over 2,500 pounds. That's the weight of a small car. Only a monster the size of a Bigfoot could have turned this upside down. This is something intelligent, very strong, and very big. I mean, the locals were telling me that there's Bigfoot 13 feet tall. So you think about a few of them working together, they would be able to do something like that. So it seems the Bigfoot are indeed marking out their land, perhaps as a warning to the island's human inhabitants. I think this marks the beginning of the Bigfoot territory where they wanted people to stay out of. They're showing their strength, is what the locals say. And that's what this is. And I think we should respect them. I know I do now. It's amazing. After witnessing these trees with his very own eyes, Chuk has one word of caution for the Prince of Wales Islanders. As long as humans can stay away from these creatures, I think we'll keep the peace. But in the future, if humans and Bigfoot come together at some point, who knows what's gonna happen. For now, it seems the island's Bigfoot and humans have largely kept to their territories. But the Triangle may be planning a bigger, more dominant Sasquatch colony that could one day spell disaster for the islanders. This is Kodiak Island. And over the years, strange things have been seen here that have defied explanation. Whatever's hiding in the wilderness, it could be something truly out of this world. There's definitely something out there. This island in Alaska holds immense secrets. This is simply extraordinary. What goes on on Kodiak Island? So much of the Alaska Triangle is wild and uninhabited. But one of its most remote corners is the island of Kodiak. At around 3,500 square miles, it's the second largest island in the U.S. But only 13,000 people live here. A large proportion of it is total wilderness, ideal for secret military training and home to only a handful of the hardiest people. Even for Alaska, Kodiak Island is very remote. I mean, two-thirds of this place is a wildlife refuge. If you want to escape, this is the place to come. Back in 2003, Jenny Walker moved with her family to one of the more out-of-the-way parts of the island. They were surrounded by hundreds of square miles of Kodiak wilderness. No power, no cable, no phone lines. We ran our ranch off of a generator. Back there where we lived, there was nothing. In the early morning of September 25th, 2007, Jenny experienced something a few miles from home that shocked her to the core. I was taking my son to school at approximately 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. It was fairly dark still then. All of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I look up at the top of the ridge and there was something which we thought was an aircraft that was on fire. 
was something literally traveling with us the same direction we were traveling, but it was moving way faster. Having stopped, they could see that it wasn't an airplane, but it was a flying craft of some kind. Once it got in front of us, then that's when we could see it start going down. Whatever it was crashed beyond the ridge. Jenny heard and felt the explosion. It's a moment she'll never forget. I was horrified. I could never imagine seeing something like that in my lifetime. Jenny called 911. It was obvious to her that this was a major disaster. The fire department, troopers, everybody started showing up. And you could hear the helicopters flying around. They were there for hours and hours, just waiting for the helicopter, you know, to say, oh, here it is, there we found it. But I just remember them telling me that they never found anything. That was it. But Jenny knew what she'd seen, and thankfully, she got her evidence. It was ash falling from the sky. So at that point, they knew I wasn't crazy and that something had streamed across that skyline. Journalist and researcher Johnny Enoch has been looking into Jenny's story. I found this report from a local paper online, and it verifies Jenny's story. It says several Kodiakians saw something fall from the sky, but no crash site was found. This bit is interesting. It says no emergency distress signals were received, and the authorities have accounted for Kodiak-based aircraft and known flight plans in the area. And yet, all the time afterwards, when Jenny was trying to find out what happened, they said there was no crash and nothing was found. I'd ask in town every day, did they find anything? Nope, nobody found nothing. And I just couldn't believe that they couldn't find it. This is highly unusual. A large flying craft crashes in the wilderness, but there's no report of any airplanes that have gone missing. No satellite has come down, and it can't have been a meteor. It was flying, not falling. Something happened here. The big question for Jenny is whether or not what she witnessed was a crashing UFO. If so, it wouldn't be the first time a UFO was spotted in this part of the Alaska Triangle. Far from it. Debbie Ziegelmeyer of the Mutual UFO Network has been collating the Kodiak sightings, and she thinks it's the very remoteness of the island that's attracting them. That whole area is really active. I think a lot of it just has to do with the vast amount of unpopulated area. There could be so much going on, but there's nobody there. The sightings from Kodiak that Debbie has documented include flying saucer-like craft of the kind seen by Jenny, as well as more distant, less defined bodies of light. Most of the sightings that I researched were either silver metallic uh, saucer-shaped craft or strange, unexplained balls of light that will hover for a while and then move rapidly out into the distance. One of them in particular had one great big bright yellow light in front and two other white lights behind it and then just moved kind of up at an angle and then shot off really quick. But that seems to be a lot of what's going on. There could be craft coming in and out all day and nobody's going to see it. 
Kodiak Island is one of the most remote places in the Alaska Triangle, and there's now increasing evidence of substantial UFO activity. Video evidence is rare, but in 2012, this strange flashing light was captured over the island. It's moving too fast to be an aircraft and isn't displaying the mandatory aircraft strobe lights. Then, in October 2018, this video was taken. It shows the bottom of an orange orb that's hovering over Kodiak Town. It doesn't look like the sun or the moon, and the time and location in the night sky doesn't fit for either. It can only be described as an unidentified flying object. In fact, sightings of UFOs over Kodiak go way back. Investigative journalist Andrew Goff has been looking into one case from 1950 that sent shockwaves to the highest level. Look at this. This is astonishing. It's an official report from the U.S. Navy from 1950. A Navy pilot witnessed a UFO here. It was clocked on radar going over 1,800 miles per hour. The plane's radar operator reported you know, the strangest interference he had ever seen. The control tower was in a state of panic. Then suddenly, the UFO vanished. The Navy chiefs issued a top secret report to the highest levels of the US government. <laughs> I mean, it's extraordinary. Who knows about this? Something in Kodiak seems to be attracting these UFOs. Perhaps it's the sparseness of the population. But Andrew Goff suspects there's more to it than that. You've got to look at the fact that the U.S. Army and Navy regard Kodiak as a really strategic location where they have advanced military activity and development. So if you're a UFO and you want to spy and see what's coming down the pipe in terms of new technology, this is where you'd look. I think it's a distinct possibility that's what's going on. But this may not be all there is to the connection between the military and these UFOs. Johnny Enoch has now uncovered a shocking report about an incident here that suggests collusion between the higher ranks and some unknown mysterious intelligence. Now, Kodiak Island is an important base for military training, and Navy SEALs go there to conduct their special cold weather training. They have a base at a place called Spruce Cape. This highly sensitive report was sent anonymously for understandable reasons to MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, in 2015. And this is what it says. A small group were on a remote maneuver. They were making good progress towards their BDL, or their bed-down location. Because they were making good progress, they decided to push on further, trying to impress their commanding officer with their new BDL. After a while, they paused to radio through their new location, but they didn't get the response they were expecting. In fact, their commanding officer flipped out and became frantic and told them to leave the area immediately. He actually asked them if they had seen anyone or anything. Note, anyone or anything. They made their way back totally in the dark about what the fuss was all about. That's all strange enough, but now it gets weirder still. When they got back to base, they were interrogated by mysterious men in black type government agents. 
and they were sworn to secrecy and told never to breathe another word of this meeting again. They were asked if they had seen any other human-type beings of any kind or any evidence of some technology out there. They didn't understand any of this because they hadn't seen anything. And when they asked what was going on, they were told there were the others up there. After the debrief, they asked their CEO who the others were and what was going on. And he just told them never to mention this incident again. As you can imagine, they were really shaken up by all of this. This is all really bizarre, but it seems to me like the Navy SEALs stumbled into a place where humans and aliens were working together. Does that mean that there are these elements of the military or secret services working with aliens on some sort of new technology? A technological exchange of some kind. It's fascinating and totally shocking. If the suspicions of the anonymous report were right, then the Navy SEALs could have stumbled upon the biggest secret in the history of the U.S. military. Not only does this suggest that alien life forms have landed on Kodiak, and the military is aware of that, but it appears as though they're working in unison. It's unbelievable. For local residents, the suspicion is that there is secret activity going on on Kodiak, and that despite official denials, the burning craft witnessed by Jenny was a UFO. We've seen it. We know it was there. And there was people trying to tell us that it wasn't there. Either there was something there that disappeared, or there was something there that they covered up. There's a lot going on on that island. Aliens drawn to Kodiak by the strange forces of the Alaska Triangle. If the military is in contact with them, we can only speculate about the reasons. The mysteries of the Triangle are truly as dark and deep as they are extraordinary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.